Um, The reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. So, start with a prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Amen. If you want to know about the significance of the fig tree, or you want to know about the Jacob's Ladder angels going up and down business, join the Bible study on Thursday morning, or... Ask me at the end, because I I do know the answer. Um, Ask me at the end. (laughs) But that's not the focus of what I'm saying. You know, the, the purpose of the fourth gospel, of John's gospel, isn't revealed until you get to chapter 20. I would have put it at the start. Um, There it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that aren't in the book. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So what we're getting at the beginning is a foretaste that shows us who Jesus is, something that will then be built on throughout the gospel so that we believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and thereby we have life in his name. That's good news and a good proposition. We are invited to follow him. We're invited to come and see. We are invited to believe. Think about how exciting it is if you get an invitation to something. Often it's a chance to be involved in something celebratory. Um, It could be a big thing like a wedding or 
Um, has anybody ever been to a real garden party? I'm, not, I'm never going to be on that list, but you know, it would be a big deal, wouldn't it? A big deal. Or it might be you're invited to something small and intimate, like a dinner party, or simpler still, do you want to just come in for a cuppa? If someone invites you, then are they not generally offering you something good? Offering some kind of chance to be included, to be in relationship? Jesus wants to be in relationship with us. He invites us. He never turns people away. Even if, as flawed human beings, we as a church sometimes make a hash of our invitations and sometimes our welcomes, if we accidentally end up being a bit cliquey, that's okay. Jesus invites and Jesus welcomes always. Follow me. Come and see. Believe. Have life. Let's look at Philip and Nathaniel. What does Philip do? Well, he's a great model of discipleship. He responds to Jesus' call to follow him. And he does follow his master. He follows his example to the letter, really. Jesus had said to the first disciples, come and see. And now Philip does likewise in his call of Nathaniel. He invites his friend to share in this good new thing. Look, come and see. How good is this? Philip shows us how it can be really simple to share our faith. He could have spent time marshalling his arguments, his theological convincing you know, theses, but he just says, come and see. As a church, we've decided to prioritise being invitational, offering personal invitations to encourage others to come and see. We might get people to come and see by inviting them to church for a special Sunday service. And at this point, pause for a big thank you to everyone who invited people to come along to our various Christmas services and other things that are going on at St Andrews, like our coffee mornings. I'm not saying thank you because that makes for a good mission stat but because by doing that, we are following Jesus' example and Philip's example of saying, come and see. This is good thing I want you to be part of. And we might bring them to Jesus by our prayers, by acts of compassion and love, by service and hospitality. All of it, all of it can be an invitation. So instead of fretting that we can't explain the problem of pain, we haven't got a fully developed understanding of the Trinity, we can do what Philip did, keep it simple. When I was working, that was often a mantra on report writing, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. There is an encouragement in the simplicity of the words used in the passage. Come and see. 
What about Nathaniel? How does he start out? Well, he's deeply skeptical. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I wonder whether this is a case of over-familiarity or maybe it's that at that time Nazareth was a pretty marginal small town nobody had heard of really. He seems reluctant and you know there are many examples of reluctant converts in Christian history who turn out to be pretty amazing followers of Jesus. So two that I thought of off the top of my head were C.S. Lewis and Nicky Gumbel. Good examples to follow. Having questions to begin with isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're open because God knows. God understands. And that's what the words of Psalm 139 that we had a bit of earlier in the service were making clear. He knows. So what changed Nathaniel's mind? I think it was partly his natural curiosity so that he responded to the invitation, come and see. And that was followed by a personal encounter with Christ. What about you? Mm. Often our conversion isn't one striking moment. Jesus saw me under a fig tree. It can be a slow burn. So you kind of don't realize you've necessarily got there until, oh, yes, I've traveled quite a long way and I'm prepared to say I follow Jesus now. Each of us will have our own story of how God touches our life. Spending time working out our story could mean we're better equipped to share that story should the opportunity arise. It doesn't take Nathaniel long to get to a forthright declaration of faith. He's had his own epiphany moment, hasn't he? That's why it's in Epiphany that we're reading this. God has been revealed to him. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. That is one big swerve from Nazareth, son of Joseph, I don't think so, to this amazing declaration of faith. Sometimes we hear Jesus speak to us, and it really is that clear. Um, I was talking to Liz Higgins um, in the pub, uh, talking to Liz Higgins this week, and um, she shared with me that when she left this church and began to worship at Ailey Green, she had a clear, direct message from God to say, it's okay, you can leave St. Andrews. And then when she got to Ailey Green, this is the place for you where she could serve. Sometimes it takes us a while to catch up with what God's plans for us are. Maybe it's um, to put down one ministry and pick up another. And maybe again, this is another thing that Liz shared with me, because she really helped me write this a lot. <laughs> this is what she shared with me. She said that God can put on your heart to get in touch with someone that you've not contacted for a while and maybe you're even estranged from them but he might speak to you he might speak to you 
It might be like a series of coincidences through other people. Or literally you hear his voice. And um, this week I was listening, I listened to Pray As You Go, and one of, one of the readings was um, from 1 Samuel 3. It's the story of uh, God calling to the boy Samuel in the temple. Um, it's quite a short chapter. I commend it to you. But um, God has called Samuel's name three times, and Samuel thinks it's Eli. And eventually Eli says, no, 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 no. So, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Do our ears tingle? Come and see. Come and see. So chapter one of John's Gospel starts with the cosmic Christ. And let's remind ourselves what it says. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that's been made. It's a clear echo of the start of Genesis. And John talks about the word. He means Christ there at creation. Instead of the birth narratives of Matthew and Luke, we read, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's what the incarnation is. As the chapter continues, we're given more testimony about who this Jesus is. John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I testify, this is God's chosen one. That's who Jesus is. And then Andrew tells Simon Peter, we've found the Messiah, the Christ. So the testimony about who these witnesses understand Jesus to be comes thick and fast. And what do we hear in this morning's passage? We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So from the cosmic Christ there at creation, we move to very specific markers of the human Jesus. Geographical location, human ancestry. And we can't be in Nazareth or Galilee or Bethsaida back in time to see the historical flesh and blood Jesus, son of Joseph. However, we can have our own personal encounter with Jesus Christ if we follow and we come and see. And then hopefully we can believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. Amen. I just want to close with a prayer. Lord Jesus, you humbled yourself by taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the courage to follow you, and to proclaim you as Lord and King, 
to the glory of God the Father. May the boldness of your spirit transform us. May the gentleness of your spirit lead us. And may the gifts of your spirit equip us to serve and worship you now and always. Amen.